Is I mean, is there any way you can come off a of flight line if he rolls here? No. I mean, he's because like to me, this is not only is this a race for to see where he what he does stretching out. He could completely fall off everyone's list, or he could become the pick already, and it's September first or September third when this race runs. He's the pick to win the Breeders' Cup two months prior before the race. Like it's that's how wide this gap is in this race for him. There were these two racing dudes named Aaron and Jared who had to buy some racing and they wanted to share it. Started a website where players go to see all their picks. The goal was make the fans some money and to cut down the risk. They put the plan into motion and at first it seemed silly. Make a website where the expert picks are freer than Willie. From a racetrack veteran to just a beginner. There's one place that you want to go to find you a winner. As a matter of fact, I want to hit the exact. There's only one site that you'll keep coming back to. So next time that the horses all line up at the post. Make sure you use the website that'll win you the most. Whether Churchill, Oakland, Gulfstream Parks, and Matoga, and all tracks in between, there's only one side to go to. When it comes to your racing needs and all of your bets, plus it's got a catchy name that no one ever forgets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads racingdudes.com for all of your bets racingdudes.com as good as it gets <laughs> what is up i'm jared welch he's aaron halterman it's thursday september 1st and this is blinkers off and this is cooper i'm waving at the little gremlin in the background <laughs> <Hey, Cooper. laughs> what's up bud yeah, we're here. We're ready. Saratoga's getting ready to run the first uh, race of the day, which is a hurdle race. They're running 11 today at the spa. Man, couldn't have a, it couldn't be a better day, right? Yeah, I, uh, as you can see, this is we're going to have uh, – he'll be in and out, I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> oldest son is at, at school. The youngest one's here. And uh, I said, I got to do the podcast today, buddy. And he said he'd be quiet, so we'll see. <laughs> We will see. <laughs> we will see. It's going to be an adventure. How many butts? How many times do I have to wipe a butt uh, during the show? How many accidents happen? We'll find out. We've only got an hour, so surely, I'll, surely I can di- at least get it done. Well, the good news is I can I can go solo for a minute. I'm experienced at this, and if you need to leave, it's not going to be a big deal. Maybe I get Heather on, you know, and she'll she'll talk about the races a little bit. I can only imagine what this might living room area is going to look like when i'm done with this show it's not be so, good i can hear like in the background you can i kind of hear i can hear like stuff moving around you know like furniture and stuff so yeah this will be <laughs> <laughs> this will be good uh <laughs> anyways we're back from saratoga we got back on uh late sunday night there for the Travers. Of course, Saratoga back in action this weekend with, oh, and he's back. Oh, but we got peanuts. There's a peanut. There's a, oh, here you go. That's all right. There you go, buddy. It's all right. Yeah. Uh, we're back. Yeah. <laughs> um, got some, the jo- it's a weird year because you have the, the Flower Bowl and the Jockey Club races that you're used to seeing at Belmont, Dean at Saratoga. Is that taking a second for me to kind of get used to that? Pacific Classic is the headline. We'll get, uh, of course, get into that with flight line. I mean, obviously, for a smaller field, I mean, you do have the country grammar versus flight line, but I can't think of a uh, 
kind of a more anticipated uh, Breeders' Cup race we've had so far, because obviously this is a horse that, you know, everyone's been ranked. A lot of people have been ranking number one, um, ourselves included, but he has yet to go farther than a mile. So it's a huge, huge test. It could, it could, this race itself could open the door for all the other ones seemingly, or he could solidify that, you know, Hey, this is, this classic may be, maybe a romp. Well, it, it was a great weekend last weekend and it is a great weekend this weekend. And that's the only way I can describe it. it used to uh, the Pacific classic was the week before the Travers. And now it's the week after, and I'm digging the week after now that we've got this field that we've got, and you've got the dueling Breeders' Cup Classic winning your in races. That's really awesome because, yes, you do have flight line and everything that goes with him. Oh, by the way, the Dubai World Cup winner is also in that race that we'll talk about here in a second. He's not a slouch. And then uh, you got Saratoga in you got American Revolution, you got Olympiad, and it's like, damn, these horses aren't bad either. So uh, but yeah, it all centers around flight line. If he is who we think he is, to to, to quote the late Dennis Green, uh, then yeah, maybe the Jockey Club Gold Cup doesn't matter. If flight line was to lose, uh oh, all of a sudden it really matters, right? So this is a huge weekend, uh, as big as the Travers weekend was, and it was great. It was awesome. This might be bigger when it comes to the classic. Yeah, the Jockey Club will run, um, of course prior to the Pacific Classic being on the West Coast. So we'll we'll see what happens in that. And then we'll be like you said, we'll, we'll watch the Jockey Club or we'll watch a Pacific Classic and you'll be you'll, you'll either be like, well, Flyline's gonna beat the shit out of the rest of those horses that we saw earlier, or you're gonna say, uh, maybe Olympiad is back in the game now. So you know, we'll find out. It, like you said, it's it's such an interesting uh week for for the Breeders' Cup classic races. Talking about the classic, we maybe saw the three-year-old top contender for the classic and epicenter last week. Of course, we were there in person to watch the Travers and he did not disappoint really across the board all day. Uh, the performances were huge. Even when Jackie's warrior got beat by Cody's wish, it was still a, a really big performance. I mean, what kind of, how would you describe that day and how would you describe epicenter? Is he, is he a horse that if flight line falters on Saturday, he obviously becomes a huge player as well. I think I'll pick him to win the classic. Uh, if, if flight line falters, uh, that's a huge, if let me be very clear about that. That is a huge, if, and I'm not saying I'm picking him. I'm saying if flight line was the falter, it becomes wide open. I now remember I was there live and in person for life was good. I was there live and in person for epicenter. Just visually. I thought epicenter was a little more impressive. So I was, uh, I'm very high on epicenter. I thought he was fantastic. But again, we got two big races to analyze again this weekend. Uh, I, you know, Jackie's warrior. I'm not really down on him, but hey, it, you lost, and that's a tough loss, especially going into a race that you lost last year. You'd like to see the momentum keep going for him. I was really impressed with Cody's wish. I think he's going to be tough if he enters the dirt mile. I was super impressed with Jack Christopher. I hope they take him to the sprint. I think he's going to be super tough in that race. I think we saw some Breeders' Cup winners. I'm not sure the epicenter is one. I think he stamped himself as contender. Jackie's Warrior, Cody's Wish. I think they look tough if they go to the races that I think they're going to go to. Yeah, and I think uh, when you go and you go to the Phillies side of things, uh, you know, it, to me, Ness just solidified her top spot in that, you know, the Philly and Mayors division for the Distaff after we saw 
Malathot, I mean, yeah, she did win, but it's just like how, out of all those horses, Clarier, Malathot, and Latruska, it's like you can't count on any of them to get the job done. And so what horse can you count on? Seems like Ness, in my opinion, solidified herself as a top as the top contender, even though she didn't run last week, but watching that race, um, the personal incident um, last week at Saratoga. And I, I, I agree. I, I think the move with Jack Christopher is interesting where they do uh, the sprint has a little more, you know, even if they're both British cup, win, you know, races, but the sprint does have a little more umph behind it. I feel like than the dirt mile, uh, so you might, but, but will they go, but would you go to the sprint versus Jackie's warrior? Absolutely. I go to the sprint if I'm Jack Christopher, because he's got the running style that wins the sprint. You don't want to go straight to the lead. You want to sit off and have a target and make first run. So I would definitely go to the sprint with Jackie, uh, with Jack Christopher, a hundred percent. The other thing is the mile is a two turn race this year because it is at Keeneland. I wouldn't fuck with the two turns and just drop an F bomb at 12, 14 PM here. Uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mess with the two turns. I would stick in the one turn. I wouldn't be afraid of Jackie's warrior from Jack Christopher. Go beat him. You know, it's also a $2 million race as well. So I think there's a lot of reasons for uh, Jack Christopher to try the sprint. There's visit number two. We got a mint mint action. Is that for me? Oh, just give me a minute. <laughs> That's there you nice. go. You got a mint. <laughs> uh, Davey, I agree. I mean, you'll get every bit of four to one on him on Epicenter in the classic, I think. Uh seems like they they kind of are open. You know, we know Jackie's Warrior is going to train up. Oh, that one's for you. Okay. We know Jackie's Warrior is going to submit time. Oh, oh, thanks. Thank you. <laughs> wow. Ma'am, get yourself a mint, boy. That's what all I got. That's service. Say. That is uh, service. <laughs> You know, I think uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I think that uh you know with, with Jackie's Warrior, they're going to train up Aspies and said train up to the, the uh, Breeders' Cup epicenter, they seem like could possibly do that as well, um, to yeah. the classic. So uh we'll see if he shows up again, but it might be the last time we see either one of them. And with Jackie's Warrior, in that case, gosh, you know. If, if Jack Christopher enters that race against him, I'm going to have a hard time. If that's the last time we saw either one of them, it's a bad taste in your mouth to pick Jackie's warrior, especially considering he lost the same race last year in pretty bad fashion. So the thing that the good thing, if you still like Jackie's warrior, the race is a furlong shorter. He probably would have won that race. Uh, the four go is at six furlong. So that's good. And I really feel like, and I'll throw Marla's uh, comment up here. I really feel like Cody's wish is more, uh, what's the word, more, more, uh, better, better fit for the dirt mile versus the sprint. Because of what I just said, I don't think he would have beat Jackie's Warrior at six furlongs. He also is really, really good at a mile, Cody's wish. So I think the horse that beat him will go to a different race. So there's the positives. The negative still, though, is Jack Christopher is really, really good. You're going to have to be good to beat that horse. So that's going to be the big key there. I don't know what I'm going to do with the sprint. I, I, I'm a huge Jackie's Warrior fan. I get what you're saying, but there is like some positives to take out of that race as well. He ran pretty damn good. He just got beat by a horse that ran a tremendous race that day. Dude, that was that was brutal. I mean, even though you know Cody's Wish definitely ran a huge race, 
just to have that, you know, everyone, if you guys played the, the exacta, we, we played in the, in the guide, you know, we said to hammer the, uh, the straight exacta Jackie over uh, Cody's wish. We just didn't think, hi buddy. We just didn't think Jackie could get beat. And, you know, I think he was paying five to one on that exacta. And, uh, and, you know, he, we were like, okay, we got it. And then you could see Cody's wish making that move on the turn. We thought, was in the bag. There's no way he doesn't finish second because you're not even thinking about him winning that race. You're not thinking about him beating. Then as it kept going and going and going, like, oh, no, stop. Like, stop. And Jackie just, you know, the, the numbers are, I don't know how accurate the numbers are, but they, you know, Jackie's Warrior ran almost, I think he almost matched his career high somewhere in there, 109-ish, 110. So, I mean, it's like not like he, if you base off the numbers, it's not like he ran a bad race. It's just he got beat. Yeah, I mean, when you were watching it, you're like, oh, cool, like Cody's wish, they're definitely not getting him a part of anything. They're just going to try to make one run, and hopefully he comes up and, and gets second is what I was thinking. It was like, he's definitely going to get second. It's like, oh, uh-oh, now he's going to win. <laughs> so that wasn't great for our bets. Thankfully, uh, we were, came out a winner on the day anyway, but that one would have been a nice cash for us, uh, as well as another double that we just barely missed going into the Travers, too. I mean, we hit the double. But we hit it for 103 instead of 560 because Mira Mission couldn't hold on. So uh, it was close to being a huge, huge day for the bankroll article. It still was a good day, though. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, again, I, I just I just think the mile is where Cody's wish, dirt mile is where Cody's wish is going to go. So at least you won't have to worry about him. And, and the big thing for me, Jackie's Warrior showed he can sit off the pace in the Vanderbilt. Think about doing that in the sprint would be my my recommendation uh, to the Aspusen camp. Yeah, you know, and I, I, by the way, Marley, yes, I do have a, a fantastic. He's like, I've I've Haltzman in this year, and I've got him in this year, so it's, it's I'm getting I'm, I'm getting double feedback here. We're challenging um, you today for sure. Yeah, I'm a pro, though. You know, I'm a pro. <laughs> yes. um, no, I mean, I think with Cody's wish that race was, I don't know. That one's one of those that, because he, he ran, he ran a great race, but he ran so much better than he's ever ran. You know, can he do that again? You know, even though I do agree the mile, he might be a little bit over bet in the next, next time he shows up just because of that performance, which was very nice. Um, and you're right about the, the guy, dude, it was, I've never felt better about only making, I think we only made like 60 bucks or something on the day um, mm-hmm. from the bankroll. I never felt better about that kind of performance because wow, we were like, we were live to so many big, either big bets or like you said, the mirror mission almost happened, um, which would have been a huge payout. That exact, it would have been a big one. Uh, we put ourselves in a position in the personal insign um, to, even though it wasn't close, frankly, but we had Latrusco over Clarier, which paid like nine to one um somewhere in that department so it's like we were putting ourselves in position on a on on, day, on a day that was very short and chalky for the most part trying to make the most money possible you know and i thought we did a really good job of putting ourselves in that position just couldn't quite break through to get the big scores but we still did enough of course hammering up a center playing that double even though it said didn't pay a ton did pay some um and kind of got us going there towards the end so yeah it was one of those days but we were so close so hopefully we can uh do this uh do it well this weekend uh in the pacific classic we have the pacific classic wagering guide 
um, coming up here. Uh, it's available. Actually, it'll be available later today. Um, so Halterman and I were talking. Still don't have. He don't know the uh, the multi race sequences yet. So that's that's exciting since it's two days away. Yeah, they don't have the the, the multi race sequences that are going to be available on that day. So the guide we're literally sitting on it. I mean, it's pretty much done. I might make one or two little handicapping changes, but we're literally just waiting for that to come out. So, like you said, I, I would say you know tonight or tomorrow morning we'll we'll probably have that thing out. We've we've got the the heavy lifting is done, uh, so uh, not too much left to go on that one. And like you said, uh, yeah, hopefully. Again, you got a situation, there's a horse you really like, and now you just got to get alive to that horse for a little bit of money. And we did with Epicenter, almost alive to a ton, but still was alive to a lot, and it came through. So, yeah, you never want to complain when you have a positive day, but it what could have been is how I remember that, Travers, in a lot of ways. Well, you know, in racing, all you got to do is you're, the best thing you can do, especially in those multi, either multis and things like that, is hang on is to put yourself and put yourself in the most the position to cash right and yep. then after that you just gotta have you know hope the horses run so um i thought we did a good job of that all right let's get to yep. today's show before because you know i'm on i'm on borrowed time as it is yes you are um we've got talking about that pacific classic we are going to give pre- a preview and give picks for the 2022 one million dollar tvg Pacific Classic this weekend at Del Mar. It's a Breeders' Cup winning or in for the 2022 Breeders' Cup Classic. Dude, we got four Breeders' Cup winning or ins this weekend. Well, on Saturday alone, um, four of them. Two of them are Classic winning or in. So it's a huge, huge weekend. We'll also get rapid fire selections for the three remaining, those three remaining Breeders' Cup Challenge races uh, this weekend at Del Mar and Saratoga. It is loaded all day from from a Breeders' Cup perspective, from a classic perspective. This is the most important weekend we've got to yet on this road to the Breeders' Cup. So, without any further ado, let's go. Gates closed, they're all set. Field for the Pacific Classic sent on their way to a good beginning and to the roar of the Del Mar crowd. Saturday, Del Mar race 10. The TVG Pacific Classic stakes grade one worth a million dollars for three-year-olds and up going a mile and a quarter. Field of six shows up for this Breeders' Cup win and you're in event for the Breeders' Cup Long Jeans Classic. That's right. And say no more because the horse that is just unbelievably talented the horse that has been num- ranked number one in the ntra poll has been ranked number one in the breeders cup classic rankings we do all those rankings flight line the five horse finally back on the track after his dominating win the met mile back in june they've been pointing to this race ever since the stretch out hasn't been past a mile that day at the in the met mile of course now Quite the quite the change, right? Going from a mile, it's not like he's going from a mile to mile sixteenth, mile to mile eighth. No, he's going a mile to a mile and a quarter. The classic distance. His trainer Sadler thinks it'll be no issue. He's obviously bred to go long. Flightline Halterman. Really, it comes down to Flightline versus Country Grammar, seemingly on paper. I, I mean, I know where you're going. You know where I'm going. But let's talk about the race. Flatline. I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, here it is, right? I mean, we've we've been in a holding pattern for this uh, for this to happen yeah. because with the classic, you've got a horse that, that, that many are ranking number one right now. That's never been a mile and a quarter. Everything you look at says there absolutely is going to be no problem that he gets it. 
you know, but you don't know until he does it. And so this is the big thing. And everything with the Breeders' Cup is going to break depending on what happens right here in this race. I love horses that stretch out that have speed. I absolutely love it. I love horses that stretch out that have speed that have also shown they can sit off the pace. <laughs> I mean, and that's flight line again. That's what he did uh, in the Met Mile. So if he needs to do that, he can do it. I love horses that have a great pedigree for the distance. This is flight line again. There aren't anything, there, there's nothing you're going to look at that go, oh, he can't do it. You know, is the horse sound? I have to think he is. I don't think they enter this horse if he's not sound. Look how they've kind of spaced him out. I think when he enters a race, it means he's doing really well and it means he's really healthy. So I just don't have any reason to think he will not get the distance. If he does, I think they're running for second. I think anytime this horse shows up and puts up his best effort, any horse he's facing is probably running for second. I have to put Flightline on top in this situation. And and like I said, am I worried about the distance? No, not really. So that doesn't concern the like the, the distance doesn't bother you at all. No. What about I the one to five? I looked at it like I looked at Nick's go last year. Everybody's like, I oh, can't get the classic distance. I was like, why? Why? I didn't see a good argument. He did get he got the classic distance just fine. I don't what is the argument that he can't just because he's never done it before? Well, that means you right, don't that, know one way or the other. That's just it. Like the argument that he can't get the distance certainly isn't evident on the track, right? So it's either you know, it, the one thing you can base that off of is the fact that he, you don't think he's breeding, which is breeding is phenomenal for the, for the tur or for the going the distance. And so it's like, there's nothing that I've seen with him that shows, tells me, I don't know if he can get the distance. I guess the concern for a lot of people would be, can he carry that speed? You know, cause you got to remember, this is a horse that, I mean, even though if he, he did rate a little bit in that met mile because he kind of had to, um, but a horse that likes to go 22 and 44, you know, pretty much every time, 22 and 45 last time out um, in that Met Mile, can a horse like that, you know, 108 and change, can a horse like that do that, those fractions, and finish the race off going a mile and a quarter? Not to mention you also have horses like Country Grammar, uh, you know, grade one winner. You've got horses like Express Train, a grade one winner. Uh, you've got horses like Royal Ship, uh, which I think is a great two winner. Um, point is, you've got horses that, if they're even if they aren't like overly great, Country Grammar may be ex- the exception. They they will be coming right, and Flightline will have to continue on. In my opinion, it's 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 cut and dry. Frankly, it's he's gonna go. He's gonna do his thing so so well so fast so early in the race and we say this all the time right you're you're, with him with a horse like flight line he puts these horses in an incredibly tough position it basically makes these horses have to run a career best race in order to beat him because he's so fast early in the race that your two options are to try to go with him which let's just go ask speaker's corner how that worked out or you have to sit off and take a take a run at him late. Well, by then it's you're way too far out of it. And even if he does slow down coming home, you're not going to get to him. So he's the perfect quintessential damn if you do, damn if you don't kind of horse. 
he's Nick's ghost on steroids. I, I just, I don't know how he gets beat, frankly, in this race. Well, I think this is how if he gets a, a to the half mile pole of the mile pole and he, he just kind of he's not sound enough to go a mile and a quarter and he gets pulled up. I mean, that's certainly a way you could do it. Or if like some out there think he's just going to hit a wall, you know, in that last eighth of a mile. That's how you get beat in, in this spot. And, and the other way you get beat is if he does hit the wall, country grammar can get a mile and a quarter without any problem and we know and he's proven that it's not like he's facing uh, chump change this horse won the dubai world cup you know uh so he can go get him if 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 he doesn't want the distance so but again it, it's like there's just no reason to think he can't none whatsoever and so that's what i keep going back to yeah, maybe he gets pulled up, but I'm not sitting here just going to say, well, you know what? I'm going to bet against him because I think he's going to get injured in this race. <laughs> I just, I don't look at it like that. I mean, if you want to, that's fine. But there just isn't a lot of data that, that for when I look at it, it says he can't do it. Like everybody has to do something for the first time. That doesn't mean they're not going to be any good at it. How about the fact that, that John White has made Flightline the one to five? morning line favorite of this race a pacific classic grade one million dollar race breeders cup you know challenge race and he's made the horse that's never gone the distance one to five second choice I, being country grammar at four to one that's taken a lot of flack people have got, given that a lot of flack what are your thoughts on the morning line i was very surprised by the morning line but with that being said i don't think it's going to end up being wrong uh, I think it took a lot of balls to make a horse one to five in the spot. But when you think of all the talk this horse is getting, he's probably going to end up one to five at post time or actually off odds. I should say when he, when he goes out of the gate, he'll probably be one to five. Well, the morning line maker's job is to make the morning line accurate as far as the numbers uh, that he gives in the, for the morning line to match what the off odds are of the horse. So if I sit here and I think, well, he probably will be one to five. Well, then the morning line is good. The morning line is would be accurate at one to five. It, like I said, it's it, it's going out the um, not really on a limb, but it's just it's not something you see very often. Uh, a horse one to five in a race like this, but I have a feeling John's going to be accurate with this with this line. I, I think it, when it's all said and done, the horse will probably be one to five. So I think he's probably made a pretty accurate uh, uh, judgment there. Yeah, it does take it does take some major yeah stones to to make a one to five um, morning well, line in a race. Well, I'll just say here's why: if he makes him three to five or one to two, nobody's saying a word. The line's not going to be accurate, but nobody's saying a word. You make him one to five, you do open yourself up to criticism, and the the risk of making him one to five really isn't worth the reward because a lot of people at the end of the day, once the race is here, they're going to be like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't, who cares? He got it right. You know? Right. Yeah. It's uh, cause I, I think even if you make him two to five or three to five, and he gets bet down to one to five, no one cares. Right. You know, you're like, Oh, people just love this horse more than, you know, you expected. But John wants to be, I mean, he takes this very seriously. He wants to get it dead on. Um, and he goes back and looks and how's it, you know? And so he, He's taken into account the fact that this horse is being ranked number one by everybody. That he's taken into account that his trainer has said this is a once in a lifetime 
kind of horse, not for his lifetime, any kind of lifetime, anybody to have a horse this good flight line is that kind of horse. Like he thinks this horse is one of the best horses that we've ever seen. That's how good he thinks flight line is. And so you taking all that into account, I mean, I don't think it's an, I don't think it's a reach. Well, in the, again, it's like maybe he's being overhyped, but when you make a morning line, you have to take that into account. The hype is what you're trying that's to what take. We're taking into, that's what we're taking into account when you make the bet, right? Exactly. So, so. again, he, he did something that opens himself up for criticism, but at the end of the day, he probably is going to be accurate. If you ask me, what do you think his off odds are going to be? I would say one to five, two to five at the highest. Well, John did his job, you know, and so I, I commend him for that. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I think he did his job. So even though he can, he showed he can, I don't know that I see a scenario that, especially in the small field, that of course I didn't think it would happen with Speaker's Corner, but I don't see a scenario here that flight line isn't on the lead. Um, and kind of doing things his own way, which makes it even more dangerous for everybody else in the race. Soda Boy does have speed, but I don't think he's got this kind of speed. So the question becomes, if he does get weary-legged, what? I can't leave right now. If he, if he does become weary-legged, <laughs> who's the first horse to kind of get, get to him? Oh, country Grammar. He's the only horse that can get to him. It's Country Grammar. That is the horse. I, don't try to overanalyze this thing. The five's going to turn for home in front. Country grammar is going to be making the move. The five's either going to finish with run and win, or the two country grammar will beat him. That's it. That's the race. I don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's not like rocket science, right? I mean, and you got to argue, you got to argue definitely like, that's the thing. If flight lines on in this race, country grammar is an easy pick here as well. I think because it's, it's Baffert second off the layoff after made on, he didn't run terrible in San Diego, but obviously um, needed that obviously that needed that race. So you got to assume that he's going to fire a better race here. He's the danger. I just, it's going to take, you know, flight line to just not like this distance and get a little tired late. I think for country grammar to come get him. All right. So, Let's say he went, um, by the way, Nick asked extra hope, a rabbit to try and mess with him. I mean, maybe, but is he, is he, is he a rabbit? Is he fast enough to even attempt it? That's the problem. I don't know that he is. If, if he messes with him, Flatline's got other issues besides him. Like he's not quite right. He's not firing his best effort, something like that. No horse should be able to mess with him in this race. No, no horse should have that ability and if they try it, they're not going to be there long enough to really mess with him because they're going to fall quicker than him. So I, I get it. You, you always try to look for that. It, maybe he tries it, but it, he's not good enough to mess with him. I mean, the, the obvious question is, or the I think I know the answer to this question is, um, if he rolls here, again, this is going to be the last you know challenge race of the day as far as the classic goes. Um, if Flightline rolls here, is there anything? Because we won't see him again till the classic. Um, you know, assuming everything goes smoothly here, is he uh, all health aside? You know, assuming health, uh, 
is I mean, is there any way you can come off a of flight line if he rolls here? No. I mean, he's because like to me, this is not only is this a race for to see where he what he does stretching out. He could completely fall off everyone's list, or he could become the pick already in it's September first or September third when this race runs, he's the pick to win the Breeders' Cup two months prior before the race. Like, it's that's how wide this gap is in this race for him. He's somebody, uh, Rodney, who didn't really understand what I was saying, got really mad when I said that. But here's the deal. If he was to lose here, he's not pointing for the Classic. It, it Most likely, he would not point for the Classic. So he would fall completely off the Classic rankings because he's probably right. going to go to the Dirt Mile. So, yeah, he will go out because the only way he loses, in our opinion, is if he, he can't get a, the distance of a mile and a quarter. So, therefore, you're not going to run him that, there again. So, yeah, if he loses, he's going to fall off the rankings completely. And if he wins, he's going to probably be the shortest price or close to the shortest price we've seen in a classic, especially if he wins by three or four links. So, yeah, it's an all or nothing. It's a slam dunk. Or you go up for the dunk, and the rim rejects you so far, the ball goes out of the building. That's what this is. <laughs> yeah, and there's really no in between, right? No, I, I, I agree because if even if he runs a good race, quote unquote good, but you know, gets falters late or something, well, they're not going to want to run him in the classic. They're going to want to point him back to the dirt mile. And he's he's one to nine in the dirt mile if that's what they choose to do. Right, he's one to nine it, wherever they choose to run him other than the classic if that's if that proves to be the fact yeah um, like what let me ask you this what price is he in the classic if he wins this race he's he might be six to five i i think he might be lower i think he, he might could be, be he lower. could be four to five yeah what was this what was nick's go last year three to one Oh yeah, I remember that? We got three to one on that was nuts. Um, and I think he was, uh, I can't remember was like five Farrell to was. two was the favorite, maybe. Yeah, Pharaoh may have been eight to five or something. I think he was more like even, or four to five. Assuming that, because even if I mean, there's nothing else, I could like even if Taba freaks in the Pennsylvania Derby or something, he's still. I mean, nothing could shake a flight line romp here or fly, you know, flight line performance win in the Pacific classic. Nothing could shake him being a heavy favorite in my opinion, whatever we see for the next month. So Pharaoh was three to five in that race. Wow. So if Pharaoh's three to five, well, of course he was coming off a loss too. I don't know. I don't know what flight line could be. It, 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 there's really no telling. We'll see. I mean, Flightline, and I know we've compared him to Pharaoh in the past, and it's not fair to do that to Pharaoh yet because obviously Flightline still has a lot to prove. But from a just from a standpoint of like, you know, Pharaoh would just kind of and Justify, I guess, did it too a little bit where it's like Pharaoh would just go out. He didn't have to really worry about anyone else because that's just he just went out and did his thing, and that seems what Flightline can do. I mean, even it's like you think about yeah, like the life is good in the race and epicenter. If Flyline just does his thing, then who? I don't care who else is in the race. You know, and that's kind of the, the the point. Even though life is good, does show a lot of speed. If Flyline kind of sh- shows how versatile he is, you know, you you reference life is good as being a ho- kind of horse that's like 
doesn't give a you know doesn't care just go just go and see how far you can take it whereas flightline is like the all pro of that and and can can decide if he wants to go or if uh, if life is good just wants to freak well crack and just be like all right we'll just chill out and wait um but he has that ability he has that high cruising speed Flightline does to where even if someone does go, like I talked about earlier with Flightline, if he goes out, people can't hang with him. If life is good, we're to run out, want to go like 21 or something, 22. Well, Flightline can just sit right there off of him and wait. Yep. And that's that's the other big key that he showed that versatility in the Met Mile. And, and I, you know, I don't think we're going to see it here, but if if he has to do it, he can do it. And that's really good to know without any doubt. And you're right. I mean, you got two horses and they both look really, really good and one's versatile and one's not. Well, you kind of tend to lean toward that that one that's versatile uh, a little bit. And I don't think you're going to run with life as good early. If you try to put your nose in front of him, he's going to try to put his nose right back in front of you. I just really feel like that's the type of horse he is. He does not want to be behind you at any point. Where flight line showed that it's not that big of a deal to him. So I think that gives him a little bit of advantage. But again, we'll see. He's got to prove it this weekend at this distance. I have no worries, but he still has to go out and do it. How about this horse? And I'll, I, I'll at least bring him up just because we've talked about two horses here of his field. So Marlo likes Express Train, a horse that uh, shouldn't think Sheriff's Winter, the horse who didn't have a chance horse that really likes Del Mar, a horse that's very, been very consistent. Um, of course, coming in, he did win the, uh, the big cap earlier this year at Santa Anita. You know, we've been, you know, we haven't seen him since April, obviously coming in off a layoff. I, he's, he's, I could never pick him here, but I think he, he could run well and finish. I mean, if flatline rolls, like he could finish second or third. I, I, I wouldn't have the confidence to pick him on top in this race, personally. I would use him underneath if you're going to use him. Um, him winning would be a major, major upset. But upsets do happen. We know that. Uh, I, I, I can't say that he's a horrible horse because he's not. He, he's solid. I would just try to use him underneath. Marla says, hey, don't put words okay. in my mouth. My, my bad. My bad. Well, the way you, you wrote just, that, Marla, I could see how you would think maybe that you, you, you like him a little bit. I, listen, I, I think he'll run okay, but he's talent-wise, he's not in that same category. You know, he's going to need a little bit of help in this race. He he will probably fire, though. I, I can't say that he's not going to fire whatsoever. All right. We both think this is a must-see TV. And even if, you you know, he makes, makes this race pretty unbettable, Flightline does those odds. Um, unless you want to try to do like a flight line over express train or something like that, you know, we've made money with that kind of theory or that kind of, you know, look at those exact as um, the payouts or will pays prior to the race, see what angles, you know, what are paying well and try to, you know, take a swing at one of those straight exact as um, it's probably about the only way you can make money here or use flight line as your squeeze free square and move on. But Halter and I are both on flight line. You've got to watch this race. Even if you aren't betting this, because this, is the biggest race that we've had so far heading into the Breeders' Cup. And Nick, Nick says he'll be there in person to watch this. I hope you see a freaky performance, Nick. That I mean, it's just one of those races. If you like horse racing, how can you not like this race? How can you not like <clears throat> this horse and, and seeing, you know, seeing if he can get the job done, even if, like you say, if you have zero dollars on the line. So, flight line, that's the pick. Halter and I are both rolling. 
with the speedster. What you got here, buddy? Uh-oh. As, as Jason said, uh-oh, there's a minion in the room. <laughs> what do you got? We got some uh, rip rolls. Nice. Yeah, He's Nick, uh, nothing better than being at the track and seeing kind of a, a freakish performance. Hopefully you get to see it. And JL says, you know, Cyberknife go to the Classic if Flightline loses Saturday and points to the mile. A lot of intriguing dominoes that could fall. That's one that you could think of. There's there's a lot that we probably aren't thinking of at the moment, too. That's kind of the deal. Everybody's going to watch this, whether they want to admit it or not, in the horse racing world. And then they're going to do whatever they think's best after this breaks. And Flightline is, is I mean, we're all just going to be sitting here and watching it. And, watch it and, and you know, handicappers, horsemen, whatever, will pivot off what happens in this race. Yeah, it's a it's a domino type of race for sure. I mean, who's going to go where? I mean, you might have people on the fence about uh, about the classic, like you said, and 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 if he rolls here, you might go, oh, well, let's go to the dirt mile this year. Maybe next year we could try the classic. Uh, if he's maybe not around, we can get you know try to avoid him because, like you said, if he's not in the if not in the dirt mile, that there's another you know there's no and if Jack Christopher goes to the sprint. At Dirt Mile, it becomes more and more open for a three-year-old or something like that to go and try to win the thing. Um, that doesn't have to face life is good. Doesn't have to face, you know, epicenter, and certainly doesn't have to face you know flight line or country grammar here. So, yep. This is exciting. Uh, this is this is my favorite. It's like my fa- it's my favorite angle. It's my favorite kind of uh, you know setup where you have a horse stretching out for the first time. Uh, I love a horse that just goes to the lead and tries to throw it down. And top of that, you've got the Breeders' Cup Classic favorite currently um, in the race. So it's uh, it's exciting. It's my kind of race. I'm really excited to see what he does. I think he's going to win. I think he's going to roll. <laughs> Time for Rapid Fire, presented by our inside track to the Pacific Classic Wagering Guide, now available on the website at racingdudes.com. Just click the products page or hit Get Racing Dudes Premium button. You'll see that there, the inside track to the 2022 Pacific Classic. Features all five stakes act, stakes races at Del Mar, including the $1 million TVG Pacific Classic. Plus, you'll get bonus race by race analysis, betting suggestions, and multi-race plays for the entire Del Mar card. But you'll also get bonus analysis of the Jockey Club Gold Cup from Saratoga. How are we going to play that? So there's six stakes races in the card, multi-race wagers. And of course, the uh, non-stakes races as well in that guide. Pacific Classic Waging Guide. Go get that at racingdudes.com. You get it free if you are a premium subscriber. All right, Halterman. So we got four on Saturday to talk about here. Four. We talked about one, the Pacific Classic, but the next race at Del Mar, race 11, the Del Mar Handicap. It's a great two or 300K for three year olds and up one, one, three, eight miles on the turf. And it is a Breeders' Cup winning you're in for the Breeders' Cup Longines turf. And dude, if you felt good about the last one, how are you feeling about the field of 11 here? <laughs> well, hopefully you can get as deep as possible. Uh, that's what she said. So hopefully you can go deep in this spot. And uh, it's it's a tough race. It's wide open. Look, I went to uh, I went back to a horse that won last time out uh, and, and won at 16 to 1. And you know me. I don't like to play these horses back after they went at a, a decent price. But... I really just couldn't get away from the number nine masterpiece. Source won the Eddie Reed in stylish fashion by over three uh, links last time out. 
has some nice races on his past performances before that effort. So that's kind of the good news. Was second in this race a year ago uh, at odds of 22 to 1. You're going to get a shorter price here. Beat a horse named Hong Kong Harry, who I like a lot and was running really well coming into that race. Uh, he was able to feed him without any problem. Hong Kong, Hong Kong Harry came back to our, was second in that race, I should say, and probably be a favorite in one of the earlier races on this card. So I really like Masterpiece here. I think he's going to run awfully well. Um, I'll look for him to try to make it two in a row. Yeah, this is a wide open event here. I mean, it is just all over the place. I, I kind of, I, I like gold phoenix quite a bit here for diamano diamano's got several options um most of them are you know mostly untested this is one of those as well um but the horse has kind of been knocking on the door got pratt back aboard which i think is nice uh when these guys team up they team up very well hitting almost 30 percent so i think that horse is dangerous they don't have the odds out yet so that might be a, i mean definitely a horse i use but from a top play perspective you kind of said everything i i I, I couldn't get past Masterpiece either. Uh, it just, I'm with you. I, I don't like playing that angle, like the 16 to 1. Now, obviously going to be much lower than 16 to 1. But, you know, this horse likes Del Mar. I think the horse is kind of coming into his own since, you know, finally kind of getting back to the, maybe what Chad Brown originally thought he had with this horse. Um, so, Masterpiece, you know, I, I thought that last race in the Eddie Reed showed like a kind of an, okay, this horse is sort of back and uh, back or at least even, even, even has arrived. And so I think with a pace setup, I think is going to be somewhat decent. I like, you know, I was looking for horses that could, could are my solid closers, you know, and, and masterpiece is, is certainly that. Don't you think the pace is going to be, I wouldn't say hot, but it's good. You know, tis a magician in here. Tingo Tingo Tango likes to be forwardly placed. Um, there's plenty of speed in the race, uh, Master Foxhounds. There's, I think this race will be set up fast enough for the Masterpiece to kind of track him down. I do too. I do too. I, I think he's going to get a perfect setup. Uh, I wrote that in the guide, actually, that will be out uh, tomorrow or later this evening, one of the two. And I said, listen... That's another reason I, that I think Masterpiece has got a great shot here. He's going to get the setup. He got a decent setup last time and took advantage of it. He should get a similar one. I, he, he, to me, was way the horse to beat in this spot. With that being said, there are a lot of other options and a lot of decent horses in here for sure, but he looks tough on paper. Well, we'll see. Uh, you know, this is – I don't know that I – love any of these horses for the breeders cup but having said that it is held um you know they, they run this race uh, uh for a reason and these del mar especially if it was out of del mar you might have hold a little more weight to this kind of race because like hey you know they might really like the turf out there but um i don't know that any of these horses are going to be a huge play uh come breeders cup but they are in a breeders cup winning you're in for the longines turf and uh Number, number nine, Halter and I both like number nine masterpiece to win. I'm interested to see the morning line on this one because that's that's got to be a tough one to make. All right, let's go to Saratoga on Saturday. You know, race 10, the Flower Bowl stakes, grade two. That's right, Flower Bowl, Saratoga. It's going to take a little while to get used to that one. 
Uh, like I said, grade two, race 10, 600K, Phillies and Mares, four-year-olds and up, going one. Another one and three, it's uh, on the turf here with the Breeders' Cup uh, birth on the line. The Breeders' Cup Makers Mark Philly and Mare turf uh, winning her in. And you've got a field of seven lined up for this one. And guess what? I'll turn the odds are out. And you're getting two to five. Morning line favorite, number four, Warlike Goddess. Very deservingly two to five, I should say, as well. So he, so this, he didn't quite go one to five like John, but he almost did. And I think that's deservingly. I think the horse will be one to five. Um, yeah, might be exactly. one to nine. Single, move on. Warlike Goddess. Yeah, you know, it's it, this is a this is quite evident that they are avoiding this horse. You know, it, the it's just there's no one. The only horse in here that that strikes any concern is the horse that she rolled right by in Virginia Joy last time, right? So you're like, well, that's not a concern, but. I, she just like that that performance in the Glen Falls was she got a 97 and it, you talk about a 97 plus that's the <laughs> definition of a plus performance I mean that horse maybe Rosario maybe rode her for about 100 yards in the race that's it yeah. that's all you really yeah. needed to do and then it was over she's, I, I just, mean, she's a different animal than these horses she was a joy to watch last time. Like you said, the two main challengers are the two she just waxed without really running. I, I don't, I, I mean, they all can lose, right? But there's no logical way that she loses this race, not one. Yeah, and to this point, which I think is, uh, which I had read that too, um, Nick, that Mott wants to point her to the turf, not the Philly Mare turf, come Breeders' Cup time. I don't know. I mean, uh, she didn't couldn't get the job done last year in the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf. He must like her this year going to the turf if that's the plan. I not, much tougher race, but uh, obviously a horse that uh, you know I think wants to go the longer the better. We'll see what the price is. We'll see who else comes over. See, when it comes to the Breeders' Cup, I don't get too excited about analyzing the turf races until we know who actually is coming over for the race from overseas. Um, She's going to be a player in there. If she ran uh, last week in the Sword Dancer, I would have picked her. So that's how I kind of look at it, right? Now, again, who's coming over from, from Europe is going to be the big question, but that division's not great here in the United States. Do you think Warlike Goddess could beat Kafo? I do. Yeah, I'd bet her. I'd beat her every time over, over uh, Gafo, every single time. I wonder if Rosario would have rode Warlike Goddess over Gafoe. Dude, I don't think there's any question. I don't think so either. I'm still mad at Gafoe. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Um, yeah, Warlike Goddess, is, I don't think there's any... I mean, this is one another one of those performances, another one of those races to kind of sit back and watch. Um, tough to make money on her. Uh, at being those kind of odds, like you said, I think two to five is going to be value considering what she'll be at uh, come post time. But another one that you know, if nothing else, use these performances. If you're not, if you're, if you, if you, if you love betting, obviously we all do, and but you don't, don't force it here. Instead, use it as education. How am I going to make money on her in the Breeders' Cup? How am I going to fade her in the Breeders' Cup? Watch the race. Let it help you kind of decide that, um, and you can make money or make money against her however you play it 
next time, right? You don't have to better um, in these short price situations. You can you must watch and, and use it as, as education um, down the road. So you and I are both on number four, Warlike Goddess. I don't think either one of us think um, that one's going to be too close. Just She's a fun horse to watch just oh, yeah. because she's so dominant and they always try to mess with her in every race and it, and it always seems like uh-oh and then she she's ha- double the size as most of the horses she races against and so it's just funny to watch whenever basically rosario says okay time <laughs> to go and uh <clears throat> it's game's over so all right let's go to the next one here in the final uh breeders cup challenge race it's a breeders cup classic when you're in another classic race so this will be the first one on the day race 11 the john clip gold cup grade one million dollars for three-year-olds and up going a mile and a quarter so you've got two mile and a quarter classic winning your ends one at saratoga one at del mar you don't have the heavy priced horse here i mean olympiad sitting there at two to one but it's a much more competitive field when you got two to one on on uh on him, you got three to one American Revolution. You got four to one on First Captain. You got seven to two on Dynamic One. So it's a much more of a grab bag in this race. But again, it is the first race of the two classic races that we'll see on Saturday. Kind of gives us that starting point of what Flightline might have to face uh, when it comes to the Breeders' Cup. So Halterman Field of Eight. I thought this one was interesting because, like I said, it's kind of a take your choice kind of race. I- I'm a little bit married to American Revolution in this spot. I, I just really, really like this horse. I thought he would beat Olympiad in the Stephen Foster, and he didn't. That's the bad news. The good news is they've kind of pointed for this race all along, try to get him jazzed up for his best effort yet. So I think he's going to get it. And the other good news, if you're backing American Revolution like me, Olympiad couldn't have looked worse last time out uh, in the Whitney. So the big question, if you're going to back Olympiad, is it, hey, that was just a one-off, no big deal, or is it kind of what we talked about and the horse might be on a little bit of a down cycle after winning all those races in a row? For my purposes, I'm hoping it's that, and I'm going to pick American Revolution to win. I'm very, very uh, interested uh, in him in this spot. I I also want to mention the number seven, keep me in mind. I think 12 to 1 is a square price on him. Second time out for Todd Fletcher. I thought he looked better last time out with his first start for Fletcher. I don't think he can win. I think he can spice up the exotics at 12 to 1. But on top, I am going to go number five, American Revolution. Yeah, I think it's interesting. This is because you have the last time these two horses faced, Olympiad got the best of American Revolution. Um, and so deservingly is probably the favorite, but this horse just got waxed uh, in the Whitney that day. And, you know, the fact that American Revolution was going to run the Whitney, they scratched him out of the race because they said, we're going to, you know, obviously they had life as good in the race as well. So it's like, we're going to just point him to the jog club. Didn't want to mess with it. So you use horses coming in fresh. This is a race kind of they pointed to since Stephen Foster, um, yeah, basically. And then Olympiad, you're coming in at that sour taste after just getting annihilated in that Whitney. And I mean, it's one thing if he got <clears throat> got ran down by life is good or couldn't quite get to life is good. I mean, he just got his heart ripped out really. And that scares me when a horse looks that bad, who would look that good, looks that bad, the neck, you know, can they rebound? You know, that that's the concern. And we said this all year long with Olympiad, can Mott, which is a great, great trainer, but he's been good all year long. Can he get him to the Breeders' Cup in this kind of form? 
and Izzy started to tell off here. Maybe the Whitney was the start of that. For those reasons, a two to one, I cannot play. So I'm, if you're married to American Revolution, I'm kind of dating the American Revolution, I think, I guess, because <laughs> I, 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 I like, I think I pick him every time too. I, I just, he, kind of, he looked, even though he got beaten at Stephen Foster, he, he ran a much better race than he did on his return race after the cigar, you know? So I think this yep. is the race that maybe he could pop and run that, you know, 110, 112 buyer um, and really look impressive. Because I do think he's a classic horse. Uh, I, I do. I think he deserves to be in the race. And so he's my top pick here. I like first captain a decent amount here. At four, if you can get that four to one, I think that's uh, that's a very um, nice play here. I love the fact that size stays, stays aboard. You know, this is a horse that definitely doesn't have the credentials as some of these others in terms of stakes, but if you can get if you can somehow get a hot pace in this race and this thing kind of kind of melts down a little bit i think first captain could maybe be right there towards the end and i'm with you on keep me in the mind i i think 12 to 1 is super square uh i thought he looked really good last time out and Mm -hmm. he's a horse that he's always there right he runs and he's been running a tough race really since (laughs) since he was a juvenile and always just a little bit too much for him but runs solid races now he's with Pletcher he's getting a second start with Pletcher looked really good the first time he's got that he likes Saratoga but he also has that late running ability maybe you know if this thing kind of melts down and you know Olympia can't you know obviously is maybe too tired can't get it done maybe keep me in mind is sneaky play here um, I wouldn't be surprised as well if keep me in mind ends up in the Breeders Cup Classic as well because he just seems like that kind of horse that likes to go long. Um, all right, I, I'll ask this question just because this is what we do for these races. But is there anything that could happen here? Okay, so like, if Olympiad wins, to me this is a more of a race about American Revolution because if Olympiad rebounds and wins, how confident are you? Considering he already got, he kind of showed that he can't hang with the life is good, and we don't think life is good is the best horse. So what is it? He is 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 American Revolution? Is he, you know? Is there anything that could happen in this race that you, that kind of stops you at least for the time being before we wait for Flightline to say okay, maybe that's a, that horse is a serious horse. Well, if he it, it's all come down to Flightline, right? So whoever wins this race, they are a serious horse until we see what Flightline does, and if he goes out and just demolishes, it's like well, now you're a serious horse for second. I, I think Olympiad, if he bounces back and runs the way we've been seeing him, then you certainly just draw a line through uh, that Whitney and say, yeah, he just wasn't wasn't great that day. And he comes back to being a primetime contender. So um, I do think the winner of this race is going to be one that we might look at and say, yeah, he's he's got a shot. But again, it all boils down to what happens at, at Del Mar a little bit later on in the day. If Olympiad doesn't run very, or excuse me, if Plateline doesn't run very well, all of a sudden, the Jockey Club becomes a very important race. Yeah, it's very possible that uh, you know we, we we seem excited about this race for whatever. What time this what time does this race go off? Like, yeah, for like three hours, two hours, and you're like, yeah. oh, that was really nice performance, American Revolution. Like, finally got it done, and then Flylight shows up, and you say, <laughs> yeah, he can't he can't hold a hang with that horse, you know that's um, that's the worry yeah that's where you do a reaction video and it's like hey i liked it that was awesome and then it's like oh 
So that's that's what you're scared of for sure with this one. But you know, um, I, I do think this this race will. Tax in the it, it, you know looked good uh, last time out with gate to wire. Maybe that's the fashion especially draw on the rail that they try to do here. Um, you know, untreated has been a horse that likes to be forwardly placed. American Revolution likes to be forwardly placed. Um, so you got to assume that if some of these races or some of these horses aren't very good, you know, it could flatter a horse like Olympiad that definitely likes to come out of it, or a horse like Keep Me in Mind. Um, or even dynamic one, I guess I'll throw him in there to where this race could be like, ugh, you know, like they went really yeah. fast early and then, you know, keep me in mind, got up, it's like great, so whatever. So it definitely has the, the ability to kind of keep you interested as far as until Flatline runs. Um, I, but you gotta, you gotta watch this assuming all things are equal until we see Flatline. So, yep. um, for right now, our pick is the five American Revolution, and we'll see if he can get the job done on Saturday. <laughs> all right, it's all the time we have. Check out uh, racingdudes.com for our free picks and our premium selections on our products page. Click the Get Racing Dudes Premium button at the menu at racingdudes.com to learn more. Remember to go get your hands on the inside tracks of the 2022 Pacific Classic Wager Guide. Now available on the website at racingdudes.com. Halter and I have been working on that. Uh, we'll get the picks pretty much ready to go, just uh, waiting for. Uh, the final touches to be made, and they'll be available on the website very, very soon. Remember, we are your <laughs> destination site for all free horse racing picks to all the major horse racing tracks. We're on Twitter at Racing underscore Dudes, Instagram, and Facebook. You can find all episodes of Blinkers Off. I'm doing really good. Uh, by visiting our podcast page, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, all the places you listen to podcasts. Um, make sure you go to YouTube, youtube.com slash Racing Dudes. To subscribe if you like our content make sure you go and subscribe to our channel tons of content coming out over the next two months leading up to the breeders cup uh we'll be we'll be i mean now once this these two meets end here we're gonna like, that's pretty much all you'll be seeing is a lot of breeders cup uh previews a lot of breeders cup you know analysis leading up to that big big event so make sure you go to our youtube page and subscribe the magic mike show i saw what are they doing they are doing kentucky downs Yep, Kentucky Downs. Kentucky Downs is back. How about yep. that? Dude, you talk about Did you know Kentucky races. Downs is back? I did know Kentucky Downs is back, yes. <laughs> I, I, I realized when I said it, it didn't sound like I did. Right. Um, <laughs> but I mean, go look at the email blast this morning. You'll, you'll know I, I you you'll, did. uh, yeah, I did. But yeah, um, it definitely, I don't know, like it doesn't have the same steam as it used to in my, in my, in my world anyways but i am excited to have it back and of course that we do have i think it's next week we have a breeders cup challenge race there so that's uh, kind of yes. cool as well yep yep um very cool yeah so make sure you go check out the magic mike show they did they're doing kentucky downs late pick four um thursdays are they already do it they did today or they do yeah, another one on yep well there you go get on it then guys Check it out in the next five minutes. (laughs) Um, Final thoughts? What you got? Uh, Yeah, great weekend again. Got college football kicking off this weekend as well. Uh, Yeah, I probably will be at the Oklahoma Derby. I'll let you know on that one. Um, Yeah, it's it's definitely uh, another great weekend of racing. Uh, Usually, you know, the, the Saturday after the Travers, it's like, yeah, it's okay. 
it's really good because the Pacific Classic, like I said, is this weekend, and that makes it um, that makes it extra special. So I think uh, we're gonna we're in for another good one. Um, <clears throat> real quick thoughts on you know we obviously we're very excited about it. we talked a lot about it. What are your thoughts on uh, the eight, eight life grand and the and the Travers? What were your thoughts on oh, what yeah, we, you know, well. that, um, that performance? What we'll see from him next? That kind of stuff. I bet they go back to Iowa and, and win an Iowa bread race with him next. Um, I don't think that's where I would have wanted him early. I, I really thought he'd be mid-pack, make a little bit of a run and see where he uh, where he fell. I, I don't think that was a great ask of him to try to press Cyberknife. And I think that's kind of, that really hurt him. But, you know, he still wasn't awful. He was only beaten, you know, four or five links for second. Um, so I thought it was a decent effort for for you know him and i'm sure they wanted to finish a little bit better than that but still them being there was incredible him running in the race was incredible where he finished wasn't really that big of a deal yeah i mean it was he like five links out of second you know yep. the, the, so it's like it, him doing that style was never gonna the only way he he hangs on in that race and hits the board from that setup is like he is like way better than you thought he was, you know, because that that was a lot to ask, like you said. And um, you know, Cyberknife I think is a legit candidate for the classic, and and that's a lot to ask um, a horse that's you know kind of is up against it to try to run with Cyberknife early in the race, and obviously um, you know he beat one horse, so. He beat the Preakness winner. So really, that's what I told him to say. Like, you came up to Saratoga, to, you ran in the Travers, and you beat the Preakness winner. You could argue you kind of won the Preakness, right? I mean, <laughs> that how that works? I think that's how that works. <laughs> yeah, if you beat the Preakness winner, you you get the Preakness title now. I think, right? Yeah, uh, even, they, though the horse, they have the even though the horse like limped home, uh, doesn't matter. The horse did finish the race. He literally walked across the finish line, but you beat him, and you beat him by many lengths. You were not walking, at least. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Honestly, that's what I did. I was like, well, I mean, uh, the whole, you know, turn and stretch, I'm watching Epicenter because we have a huge bet, and you know, Ain't Life Grand is, is not going to not gonna run. Um, yeah. And so, I'm, and then as soon as Epicenter, we're like right past the wire. As soon as Epicenter wins, I flash back and i'm like all right where is like grand and i see this horse i'm like oh please don't be don't be like and it's like oh that don't worry that was that was really funny we're good he, he beat that horse so um yeah i mean it was it's, it's i i love that they did it i i think there's zero regrets um from their camp uh certainly not from me they gave it a shot what more can you ask for you know i think that's the, that's the biggest thing and you know, people are going to criticize them and, you know, why are they, you know, they should never have done that. That was a stupid move to run there. That I, I disagree. Um, knowing them, like we know them, knowing the owners, the connections, all that's like, it's the once in a lifetime kind of experience experience. And they had a shot to win the Travers. That's really all it came down to, you know, didn't work out, but yeah, you can't win if you don't run. Right. So. Well, I think they had a good time. You know, it seemed like they were having a good time. So, final question is Rich Strike. The, did Rich Strike, I don't want to ask this, did he validate 
his derby win at all in the Travers? Somewhat. I think he did. I don't think he showed that he's like an elite horse, but you know, you go watch the replay back. They didn't take him off that rail. He may have gotten second. They took him off the rail again at the stretch and he, he just wanted to lug back in the whole time. I don't know what his deal is with wanting to do that, but so I'm not talking shit on the source. He ran a hell of a lot better than I thought he would. I mean, a hell of a lot better. I did not think he had beat very many in that race. Listen, he wasn't awful. You know, he, he was not awful. I'll definitely say that. I think, I mean, he was he was really close to second in that race. Epicenter on the outside of Cyberknife, and there's a quarter of a mile to the finish in the 153rd. Run, Happy Travers. Here is Epicenter now to take over the lead. Cyberknife is down at the rail and racing in second. Zandon has now moved into third. They pass the eighth pole. It is Epicenter in front, and he is at the top of the three-year-old class. Epicenter won the gym dandy and he backs it up with a very top-notch finish in the run happy travers epicenter was the winner the mile and a quarter went in two minutes and three-fifth seconds i think it's uh it's one of those things that uh i don't know that he validated his win but at the same time he certainly because i mean you can't to to run down what he the way he did in the derby is just is insane but he also he, it was a, it was a it was right there in the middle between his Belmont effort and his Derby effort. We'll just put it that way, kind of. You know, I think he ran he ran well. He did, certainly didn't run bad, like a lot of people he, he thought. Didn't embarrass like thought. Himself. He was not embarrassing at all. And again, you watch it back when they turn for home. He's on that rail and he's moving, and they took him off. And he, all he wanted to do was go right back to it. So I mean, he's a weird horse, okay? But he was never going to beat the winner. Nobody was. But I don't know. Maybe I don't understand why they took him off the rail. Why they take him off the rail again? I mean, I think we didn't we learn that in the Belmont? Just keep him on the rail at all costs? I certainly, again, I wasn't watching him when it happened. But watching it back, <laughs> it was like, don't know why you did that. I mean, that you've said he loves the rail. Just run him on it, and if he gets stopped, well, whatever. I certainly wouldn't take him out to the middle portion of the track. If you're gonna, if he gets to the rail, he's running up on somebody. Yeah, sure, you're gonna have to get out, but I wouldn't swing him wide ever again. Because again, <laughs> go watch up. it. He's moving, and they swing him out, and he stops, <laughs> and he ran in place the whole stretch. So yeah, he didn't move after that. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't move after that, know. but you know, really past that race doesn't really matter because uh, Epicenter was the horse that yeah. was the clear standout of that three-year-old crop. Um, he's clearly the number one three-year-old, uh, probably locked up three-year-old honors, I'd say, uh, with that win. I guess unless you know, I, I don't know, charge it. It seems like he's probably out. He's done for the foreseeable future. Um, I guess if if. The only way you could do it is if a three-year-old, like, not name Epicenter, won the classic. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, It'd be hard. You could un- unseat like, him there. Um, like if Cable were to win the Pennsylvania Derby in the classic, that would be a tough, yeah, comparison to Epicenter. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna take something. That's what like it would that. take. Or if Epicenter's nowhere to be found and Jack Christopher wins a sprint, then maybe he. Yeah, that's true. There, but I doubt it. 
Yeah, Jack Christopher certainly is, is is not out of this thing if he can continue to run in the right races and Epicenter were to falter, um, you know, quite a bit in the inside the Classic. He, he definitely could get some votes for sure um, and win the thing. So we'll find out. Uh, that's all the time we have, guys. I'm Jared Welch. He's Aaron Halterman. Uh, good luck. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. RacingDudes.com for all of your needs. RacingDudes.com for all of your leads. RacingDudes.com for all of your bets. RacingDudes.com as good as it gets. This has been a presentation of RacingDudes.com, your destination for all things horse racing and sports betting. Whether you want free winners, expert insider picks, up-to-the-minute trackside weather reports, or podcasts and videos for bettors of all skill levels, never make another wager without visiting the Racing Dudes 